0: Hello everyone, wonderful people of God, Um, today is Sunday, today is Sunday, and um, 24th of May, 2020. Well, we thank God so much for His grace. The Bible said that it is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. So, great is his faithfulness. To wake up and to sleep and to wake up sounds like normal for all of us. Unless someone dies, before we see how important it is to sleep and to wake up. But let us not be thankful. So, this moment I want us to just briefly look at a um, short word from the Lord, and we would pray, and then we would receive some blessings from God. Father, we thank you this morning, and um, we are grateful for life. The Bible said in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, that you waking us up morning by morning. Morning by morning. You wake us up morning by morning. So we thank you that today too you're waking us up. We are really, really grateful for waking us up. We ask that you teach us your word. Please, Father, let this word transform our lives. Grant us an understanding heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today I want to talk about something that will help all of us. Well, and I will share a little bit of an experience that I, I have or I had with these aspects of life or oh, oh, like my Christian life. I, I reshare what I have as the Spirit prompts me. And um, the words that I speak are not my own words. Jesus says that too. No matter how, someone, how big God has made someone, the words that He speaks are not from Him. In John 6, verse 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit and life. Who is life? God is life. The Bible said that in him is life. In John chapter 1, the Bible said that in him is life. And our life is the light of man. So the word that we speak is the life of God. So as we speak the word, we are communicating the life of God into your spirit. And it is only that life of God that is able to transform your life. Getting a loan from the bank will not change your life. As important as money is, it is no money that changes people's lives. You see, the problem is that what we define as change and transformation is not how God sees change. Okay? Let me let me define to you what change means. Let's read the scripture in Colossians chapter. First of all, let's read 2 Corinthians 5. If we read this, 2 Corinthians 5, we would really know what change is. Before I talk about what we are going to look at today, Let us look at what change really means in the eyes of God. 2nd Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is what God sees as change. When you take on the life of God, that is change. You have changed. Now, all other things that will happen in your life, glory after glory, that people say oh, you are changing or you, know, you are changing, or you know. it is just an emergence of the change that you have received hitherto when you give your life to Christ. Colossians chapter one, verse twelve and thirteen. Colossians one twelve and thirteen. Giving thanks to the Father who have qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, translated us, catapulted us into the kingdom of the Son, He loved of His love. This is change. To be moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light is what God sees as change. All other things that happen in your life afterwards are the results. Of this change so you don't look for change physically you don't wait to get promotion from your <clears throat> from your workplace or to be anointed as a prophet <clears throat> or a bishop before you. you say that is a change I have this is a this is my year of change you don't wait for change in the years I've, as the years go by I believe God will bless you and marvelous things will happen but that is not the change. the change has already taken place when you give your life to Christ in the spiritual. <clears throat> it is the superimposition of that change on your life that brings the glory. So, phew. Today we are going to look at this subject. Um, how do I even name it? Um, relationship between... Um, prayer and our work with God, the relationship between prayer and our work with God <clears throat> In I, I i i I received the Holy Spirit not long ago and um <clears throat> sorry, I received the Holy Spirit not long ago, and um that was a couple of years ago, I think eight years ago by one man he was a student at the time and uh, we went for a prayer meeting and in the evening he laid hands on me evangelist emmanuel banahini and from that time my life got transformed and he that fire that he carries he leveled it into me and i thank god for his life so what what is so special about that encounter when we were in school, we were part of this group called The Revivalists. Okay, I, I'm going to share this thing with you, not as a preaching, but as something that is in my heart. It is, a, it is a, a transportation of what is in my heart into yours. And I believe it will bless you. The struggling that you are struggling with your prayer life will come to an end after this podcast. Now... We used to pray after prayer from nine pm to ten pm every day, every single day. Sometimes we even pray at dawn. Now, it is not the prayer that I, I that I'm so much interested in, but as I continue, you understand. So I graduated from senior high school when I came home. That was about seven years ago, and um, <laughs> when I came. The fire continued. I used to pray on the field all night long. I used to do personal nights and all. Night long. But it got to a point that it looks as if I, was, I started being cold. Like, that wave, the tenacity and the zest with which I carry on f- fervently in prayer seemed to downgrade and subside. I didn't know what was wrong. See, you can be so much obsessed with prayer that you ignore God. Now, one of the things that we need to know is that when it comes to prayer, there are different kinds, and if how effective is your prayer life depends on one of the particular kinds of prayer that most at times we ignore. And let me tell you, <clears throat> in Second Corinthians Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse fourteen, Paul says. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, first, second, the love of God, and then third, the communion, fellowship, partnership of the Holy Spirit be with you. This, the latter, is what we ignore a lot of times. If you ignore fellowship with God, very soon, very soon, and I can promise you that very soon, You will not be able to pray effectively. Because fellowship with God is the only way, or is one of the most important ways, through which we respond to God and God responds to us. It is is one of the most effective ways that God anoints us afresh. David said that my horn. Shall, has thou exalted like that of a unicorn? I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil means daily oil. Okay. What was, what did David really like to do? David liked to really praise. That is a form of communion. We commune with God through the word and all, through worship, praise and all that. Communion is direct fellowship with God. When you are reading the Word, the Bible said that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word is what? God. When you read the Word, you are dealing with God directly. So you, you, He, he imparts, He blesses you. He anoints you again. Now, why must you have fresh oil? It is because Jesus said that sufficient unto the day, is the trouble thereof, which means that every day has its own trouble. That is why I said be careful for nothing. Every day has its own trouble. The reason is because this world is not only inhabited by Christians but by, but by devils and all. The Bible said in Ephesians 2 verse 2. That the spirit of the power of the air, which now worketh in the sons of disobedience, the sons of disobedience are not folly angels. They are human beings that refuse to walk in the ways of God. They are influenced by the spirit of the power of the air. So, because of that, they tend to, they are in alignment with those spirits and they help in carrying out certain assignments that somewhat, whether directly or indirectly, uh, affect our livelihood on this earth while we the sons of god that are living in two kingdoms at the same time because we are in the kingdom of god in heaven right now and we are on the earth we also spy and put the power of god upon this earth so you need fresh oil to be able to carry on and to disengage these people every day what we do is that when you pray against Principalities and powers and all those things. Listen, even though you are using authority in the name of Jesus Christ to deal with those people, you need oil. Why would people who are coming? Well, listen, in Matthew twenty-five, the five foolish virgins and the ten wise, five wise virgins. Why would someone have to carry his own oil and lamp when he's just going to witness a marriage ceremony? Shouldn't the people who are coming to do the marriage ceremony have their own provide their own light and all those things for them to just come and sit down and enjoy? That should tell you something. So even though it is the power of God that we engage in destroying the works of the devil, that power of God works effectively when we carry our own oil in distributing it. Paul says something that in the dispensation of his of grace. Paul talks about dispensation of grace. Ministry, prayer is a ministry in which we dispense. To dispense means to pour out. So as you are praying, God is using the oil in your spirit plus the power of God in the name of Jesus to deal with certain things, especially when you are praying intercessory prayers. Usually, prayer warriors and Christians, <clears throat> sorry, we, we have to we deal with... Um, sessions and supplications and all. Usually, prayer warriors do not like to fellowship. I'm telling you. They do not really like to kneel down, bow at the feet of the master. The Bible says something. It said that kiss the son lest he be angry with you. So, if you are always on fire, like of offense, on the offense, okay, Praying against the works of the devil in First John 3, the Bible said that for this reason the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. You are praying against the works of the devil. What you are doing is that you are you are using you are actually dispensing life from your inside through the power of God to disengage those people. So your oil has to be replaced. Now, <clears throat> how can your oil be replaced when listen people? people pray. People people are actually praying, yet they don't have time for God. The fact that, listen, the fact that someone really prays all the time does not really mean that he is close to God. Proximity and intimacy with God usually comes through reading, fellowship with God in His Word. And as you bow down and, and adore Him and worship Him, it does not really come <clears throat> from fervent prayers and intercessions. Listen, it is like, let me tell you, let me give you this analogy. When someone is a minister, let's say, minister of defense, okay, they are, they are I think they are involved, they are, they are directly related to, or their work is to make sure there is security in the country and all. That is work. The fact that he's doing that work does not mean that he is closer to his family. You can be maybe a radio broadcaster, and you are giving out information, you are doing massive work on the airwaves, yet you cannot, yet you are not close to your family. Because when you come, it's late. You bath and you sleep. You don't even engage in communication with your family. And your family is derailing, is getting down the drain. Communication is low. Yet you have you are very effective. A child of God can be very effective in praying and that is Yet when it comes to his intimacy with God, he's he is on a very lower level. That is the reason why many people seem to be giants on the altar, but they engage in secret things. They are doing the work. It is work. Prayer is work. But beyond that work, God requires us to fellowship with Him. Let me find that verse for you. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> Psalm 2, verse 12. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled by the letter, blessed are they. That put their trust in him. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. The reason why you see that most people who pray a lot and all those things are not really blessed. Someone that don't really pray that much, but he loves God and worships him. You see, it is because (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of blessings that comes in a man's life, upon a man, because of his intimacy, not because of his fervency. You can be very strong, and you cannot be easily put down by the enemy because you pray. But God says that, this is, I'll find my servant David, a man who is after my heart. David does not let the work of the kingdom carry him away. Of, he said that he praises God seven times and prays three times, ten times, always at his feet. Even though he's a king, he has time for that. As a praying is a ministry, it is work. It is different from fellowship. What God created us, and when you read Proverbs chapter 8, verse 31 32, you realize that God created us, talking about the word of God, which is God, God created us to live in us, to have fellowship with us. If you are busy, it is good. Listen, when you are praying, dancing, and supplication, all those things, you are engaging as a man of war. The Bible said in 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. Verse 1, verse 4, that. The one verse 4, that. No man that wore and entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please the man that enlisted him. Okay? So when you are praying, you are a man of war. Let's take God as your wife. The praying you are praying is a work. God is your wife. After all the work, you should have time for God. Fellowship with Him. When you do that, it does not give room for secret things. Even though you are a warrior, people who are warriors and all, and they are praying very well, yet they do not know the heart of God, and they have secret things in their life. Because instead of them to read the Word and have fellowship with God, so that they will fall in love with God. When you fall in love with God, you say, Prince says that, and I love that statement. When you fall in love with God, you fall out of love with sin. <coughs> yes, fellowship and communion. Should not replace the activities we do in the kingdom. People are people like to always be in church and church and church, but they don't really have the time for God. Don't be deceived. And those are people that easily get fall, they easily fall away. Let me read something to you in First chapter 3, verse 6. Whoever abides in him, God, does not sin. Whoever I has neither seen him or known him. You can't be praying 10 hours and not know God. I am not against prayer. But I, I, I am... You see, when people pray for a long time, they don't get results. And they they, they, they pray for three days and they come and smoke. They pray for three days or three weeks or one month and then they end up in fornication. It is because they don't know God. When you know God... David said that I set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. If you are really, really intimate and into God, you wouldn't find secret things in your heart. Yeah. <clears throat> so this message goes out to you who, you who are struggling with some secret things in your life. Some petty, petty, things, anger, pride, and all those things last. Yet you are praying, sharing the word, and you are on fire for God. But after three months, you end yourself. You end up in the man's room in which is not married to you. Or any other thing. It is because John says, 1 John 3, 6, Whoever abides every day in him does not sin, and whoever sins has neither seen him. Not know him <clears throat> has neither seen him nor know him draw me nearer nearer bless the lord to the cross where thou hast died draw me nearer nearer bless the lord to thy precious bleeding inside. Yes, you need to draw closer to God. Don't be carried away by spiritual activities just because you want an anointing. Hmm. The, la- the last podcast that I shared, I said that the fastest way to dissipate the anointing is to engage in sexual immorality. There are many people who are praying, but they are sexually immoral. Yes. Not that they deliberately do it, they don't know the way out of it. Let me tell you. Put all those pride in your spiritual activities, put those pride aside. Go on your knees and say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. David said, show me your ways, O God, and teach me your path. Even even Moses, when he was about dying, said that, Lord, I want to know you again. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Paul said, I may know you. No. I may know you. Listen. You cannot know God and be struggling with sin. You cannot fall in love with God and be struggling with sin. I charge you to be passionate about knowing God. (laughs) <laughs> hey. let us strive into knowing god into knowing god into knowing god
1: yeah
0: isaiah chapter 1 verse 23 thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless. Neither do the cause of the widow come unto them. Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. <laughs> Listen, please, I am praying Let, that God should raise us as, as, as a generation. That is like David, that's all. A man that is after the heart of God. No gifts. I can't remember the last time I said, Oh God, please give me the gift of this enemy spirit. Even if you know the scriptures, in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, the Bible said that he gives to us according as he wills. He gives the gift to us according as His will. Everyone is after gifts and rewards. You preach in places, and you go and sing and minister in places because the honorarium is heavy. Listen, there are places you can receive a heavy honorarium, yet God is not there. (laughs) Yeah. If God calls you to go to a village somewhere, where the number of people in the church are only three, will you go? If you cannot go, then you have to give them rewards. You are not after God. People, you know, people, people who are always complaining that this man, these people don't love me, they don't check up on me, they don't do this, they don't like me, they don't give me this and that. It is because you are so much focused on man. If your heart is after God, you, you don't even have eyes to see what any man is doing to you. The Bible said that they who put their trust into God, they are like trees that are planted by the rivers of the waters, they shall not even see when it comes. They won't see it in Jeremiah chapter 17. They won't even see it when it comes. You know this coronavirus thing that is carrying people away? When you are planted by the rivers of waters. Jesus Christ. You won't even see it. It's not about fasting. As as important as fasting is. Let's get our priorities right. Draw closer to God. Focus on knowing God, knowing His ways, His love for you and His mercy. Listen, that is where you receive all your to be able to pray the other prayers. If you are dealing with a prayer and you are still dealing with things, it is because you don't love God. If you are after knowing God and fellowship with Him, those Christians will not be in your life. I pray that this little podcast blesses your life. This is all that the Holy Spirit has from me to say. If I say anything afterwards, it will be foolishness. Shall we pray? Father, this is your word. <clears throat> this is your word. It is not my word. No, 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 no. It is not my word. This is your word. You say that if anyone sings, it is because he does not know you. God, who would help us to know you? It is you yourself. You said, draw closer to me and I'll draw closer to you. Father, it is your Holy Spirit that will draw us closer to you. It is not by striving, by flesh and no man prevail, None by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit. Lord, help us to draw closer to you. Let us not change after money, after fame, after riches, after gifts but you who giveth all things for us to richly enjoy. I pray that anyone that is dealing with a sin, secret things, sins, even though he's, he loves you and he loves to pray, today will be the end. And as he, he yearns to know you more and more, you will reveal mysteries to him or her concerning prayer, <clears throat> and he will be a man of prayer. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So it's a it's a blessed day for we the children of God again. Now I bring you another day of podcast. I want us to look at something. Today I believe that God is going to speak to us on a subject. And um, I believe that um, uh, this podcast will help us to put our trust in God more than anything else. But let's pray first of all. Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for life. We thank you for life. And it it's by your message that we are not consumed. We pray that Lord you breathe your breath upon your word. Let us receive a new testimony. As a result of our faith in you. I ask for the spirit of understanding so that we'll better understand the word that we are going to hear now. In the name of Jesus. Okay, now, the, the title of my, this podcast is, Engraving in the Palms of God. Engraving in the Palms of God. Now, when, when you give your life to Christ, God engraves you in the palm of his hands. and that that activity is something that cannot be undone okay it is something that can never be undone something that can never be undone isaiah chapter 49 verse 16 see behold i have graven thee upon the palms of my hands thy walls are continually before me your life is continually before me behold i have and i have thee upon the palms of my hands thy words are continually before me okay let me show you what this literally means let's go to the book of john chapter 10. jesus reiterated this truth in john chapter 10. John 10 verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck pluck them out of my hand, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, biblically, I believe that we ought to study the word of God but more important we have to pay attention to a lot of things one of the things that we have to pay attention to in the word of god is that uh, truth is parallel which means that any truth you find in the old covenant which is not revealed more specifically clearly in the new testament is half truth because the old testament is a shadow of the good thing that is to come okay so It appears to be somewhat beautiful in the Old Testament, but even in the the New Testament it's better. The Bible says that we have a Testament that is established upon better promises. Jesus is saying that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 28, and I give unto them eternal life. and And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand this is already beautiful I'm not really getting to the main subjects but I believe this is already beautiful no man <clears throat> is able to will be able to pluck you <laughs> out of the hand of Jesus Christ no man no disease no 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 spirits nothing the truth the thing is that are you really planted in Christ what gives us this plant in our faith the Bible said that, whatsoever is born of God, <clears throat> overcometh the world. The world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Whatsoever. Whatsoever is born of God. Whatever came out of God overcomes this world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. When we talk about the world, the other time I explained in my podcast that when we talk about the world, we are not talking about the trees, the seas, the houses, and all that. The world actually refers to a lot of things. We have Aeon, then we have Cosmos. Cosmos has to do with um, the systems of this world. Okay? Aeon is a different thing. The forces of this world is what the Bible refers to as world. Okay? So whatsoever is born of God is able to overcome everything that is a product of the system of this world. Including the cohorts and the product of the enemy. Sickness and death alike. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. A lot of times when people read this verse, they say that, oh, why is it so that why is it that so many are dying? God, Jesus is not really referring to us as physical death. God does not so much regard physical death that like like we humans do. When someone dies, God, it doesn't really baffle God. The most important thing is that is the person going to live eternally with God? Okay. Some people say that oh, where are you going to spend eternity? We don't spend eternity. Eternity is is timeless. We don't spend it. That word spend means that something that has an end. We don't spend eternally. The thing is to be, why are you going to live eternally? So, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. If you are in Christ, you should need to believe this. The Bible said that you shall know the truth. Phew.
1: So the psalm says, Mountains of steel. You shall know
0: the truth And the truth shall make you free If you know that nothing will be able to Pluck you out of the hand of Jesus Christ Nothing shall pluck you out of the hand Do you believe this? Jesus said that When he went to the tomb of Lazarus He said a, shall I shall be able to raise Lazarus back to life Do you believe this? He said I'm the resurrection in life Do you believe this? The miracle that you want for Lazarus is, 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 is founded upon your faith In what I can do So right now, no matter what is happening in this world, you need to settle it in the corners of your heart that nothing. Paul said that what shall separate us from the love that God has for us? He he has settled it in his heart. So he's not afraid. He's able to pick up serpents, travel on the sea, because he knows that unless God permits it, it's never going to happen. John 10 the verse 29. <clears throat> my father which gaveth which gave them me is greater than all. <laughs> Glory to God. And no one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. That is what Isaiah chapter 49 was talking about. You have been graved upon the palms of God. You are afraid of this and you are afraid of that. It means this truth has not really settled in your heart. If it did, <laughs> The Psalmist noticed this. In Psalm 27, he said, "The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Allah cool something said that the, the Lord is my life and my salvation who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemy, even my foes came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. He, he, his faith was founded upon the rock of ages. God first that rock that followed them was Christ. God is a rock if you are founded upon him you cannot be shaken. Nothing, nothing You should believe that nothing is able to pluck out of the hand of God. No death, no disease, no infirmity. No devil. Hallelujah. Now, I want to let you know something very, very important. Let's go to the book of Daniel. Chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Daniel, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it too. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, with he which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Now, someone will say that, um, what has this particular verse of scripture got to do with what we are looking at? He said, uh, let me read it again so that you know. Verse 2, And the Lord gave Juhiachim, king of Judah, into his hand. Remember, a lot of time when David is going to battle, he asks the Lord, Lord, will you deliver them into my hand so what I want you to know is that unless the Lord delivers you into the hand of the enemy it's never going to happen your business and your kids your marriage your health unless God delivers it into the hand of the enemy it, 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 the enemy cannot touch it Ha! do you believe this that is the question do you believe it Do you believe it? It is not necessarily about prayer and fasting. Do you believe? Do you believe this? Do you believe? Do you believe? And the Lord gave Jehachin, king of Judah, into his hand. Yes. Carry them into Babylon. Now, John chapter eleven, verse seventeen. On his arrival, this is about this was when Jesus, uh, Lazarus was sick and they called, they called Jesus. Verse seventeen. On his arrival, I'm already from NIV. And on, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them. In the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Now, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Verse 24. Martha answered, Oh, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 25. Jesus said to him, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he, he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Notice that Jesus is talking about believe, 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 faith. Do you believe this? Jesus did not say that, have you fasted today? Do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? And anyone that believes in me will never die. Do you believe? Lazarus is dead. Someone will say, what about Lazarus? Lazarus is dead. His faith is not needed in the equation. He's dead. He, dead men don't, you don't God does not require faith from dead men. So if you have someone who is dead, he died dead in your house, his faith is not relevant. Whether he believed in God before he died or not, this is irrelevant. If you believed that he can rise, on the account of your faith, he will rise. If he's not rising, it's not because he didn't believe in God before he died. It is you whose faith is weak. Jesus said, "Do you believe this? Hush, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this, do you believe this? <clears throat> Daniel chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. And the Lord gave you king, king of Judah into his hand with part of the verses of the house of his God. Anytime somebody's business crashes, it is because the Lord removed the hedge. The Bible said that he that removes an hedge, a serpent shall bite. There are covenant rules. You cannot keep sinning and offending God You are opening a door for the devil to destroy your things. Listen. If you are walking in the integrity of your heart with God, you are secure. In your faith, you are secure. You are secure. Unless the Lord delivers you, I want you to know today that unless the Lord delivers you into the hand of your enemy, you are safe. Is it coronavirus? Listen, God is your shield. The Lord is my light. My salvation, the Lord is the one who sees me. In Exodus 20, 15, verse 26, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord, I give you divine immunity against sickness and disease. Do you believe this? Listen, if God has not delivered you into the hand of the enemy, keep on rejoicing. Fear no devil. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God is with me. He will never deliver me into the house of my enemy. Raka sopra de Susu papa Susupa paparian namani. Yes. Unless the Lord, unless the Lord. Let us go to Job, the book of Job, chapter 1. There is a popular story here. Job 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and shewed evil. Two, and they were born into unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep, and three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxygen and all that. Okay. Verse six. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to the to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now the rendering here, sons of God, is talking about angels, because at that time no one was born again, so no human being was. To be called a son of God. So it was angels the Bible was talking about. You can read it in a different version. Verse 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up, up and down in it. Eight. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job that I is none like him in the earth? Perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and a evil. <clears throat> Nine. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? It means Job that is fearing you. Is it not because of his because he know you bless him? That's why he's, he's fear, he has fear for you. Ah. And Satan said, Has thou, not, hast thou hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hand and in his, in his substance and increase in the land. Listen, he, the, devil knows, God, the devil knows though that, that God is with and those who God is not with. Don't, don't deceive yourself. Has thou not made a hedge around him? Yes, wall of fire. I said, unless the Lord deliver you into the hand of the devil, the devil will try his best shots you shall still be standing. It may appear as if he's winning, but he never is never winning. Be grounded in your faith in God. Verse 11. The devil said, Put forth thy hand now, and touch all that heareth, and he will curse thee to thy face. 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power, only upon himself. Put not forth thy hand. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. Okay. Now, so... This was, God was saying, you know, Satan, I know you know those people who are with me and those who love me. Uh, it's, 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 it's Job in a, in a book of those who, who you know that they fear me. Then I would say, I know, I know, I know Job fears you. But he fears you because you know you bless him. God said, no, 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 no. If you like go and touch all that he has, he will still hold his integrity. God gave permission to the devil before he was able to strike Job and destroy that he had. But at the end of the day, when Job retained his integrity, the woman said, to his wife said, Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Oh, he said, No, you talk like one of those foolish women. Okay. Now, I want you to know that God. Even if God allows the enemy to touch anything that belongs to you, it is because he believes that you will never disappoint him and you will never lose your faith in him. And after that thing that you are going to lose, there is going to come a reward. Double what you are going to lose. But I'm I'm, I'm assuring you that God is never going to let the enemy touch you. Never. Never. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. And whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite. Yeah. There is a hedge around every believer. There is a hedge of protection. It is not by chance that you sleep and you wake up and all your things are safe. There is a hedge around your life. That hedge is the power of God. That hedge is God Himself. The Bible said that he that breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite. The enemy. The psalmist said that before I was afflicted, I went astray. If you live carelessly, you break that hedge. <clears throat> and God is not to blame. Oh, God is not to blame. You cannot leave your children carelessly. And the devil is trying to start blaming God. You, 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 you cannot live anyhow. You break the hedge, the devil will bite you. And I say that. I say this and I say this again. Unless God delivers you, your life, your health, your business, and your family into the hand of the devil, He cannot. He cannot. And God loves you so much. No matter what you are losing, you are not losing. I'm letting you know, put your faith and your trust in God totally. He's the hedge. He's the hedge. God is the hedge of protection around our life. Don't be afraid for nothing. One of the ways that we we we, we allow the devil into our lives is when we sin continually. You do one particular thing you know is wrong. For six years you are doing that particular thing. God will withdraw his power in his hand a little. To see if you come back to your senses. Yeah, fear, 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 fear. is another thing, another element. That opens the hedge. That opens up the hedge. Fear. fear, 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 fear. Don't be, don't be afraid for nothing. Don't be afraid for nothing.
1: if
0: you are afraid for nothing if you are afraid for nothing you will up the chance for the devil to smite you. Job said that what I greatly fear came upon me. So don't be afraid. Feed on the word of God. Believe in the truth that you find in the, in the word of God. God is our shield and our buckler. He's our help in times of trouble. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are saved. When, when you got saved, you already ran into that strong tower and you are saved and you are safe. Keep your faith in him. Jesus said that no one, none of those who believe in my father, the devil can never pluck them. No man, no man. Jesus is not lying. If he said no man, means no man. No devil, no man shall be able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Yes. And that is true. Believe this truth with all your hearts and you shall be eternally secure. Unless God delivers you into the hand of your enemy, the devil cannot attack you. Believe this truth and you shall be free forever. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. All you have given to me is what I've shared. I pray that our faith will rise and we shall have dominion and conquer forever in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's uh it's a blessed day for We, the children of God, again. Now, I bring you another day of podcast. I want us to look at something. Today, I believe that God is going to speak to us on a subject. And um, I believe that um, uh, this podcast will help us to put our trust in God more than anything else. But let's pray first of all. Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for life. We thank you for life. And it's by your message that we are not consumed. We pray that, Lord... You breathe your breath upon your word. Let us receive a new testimony. As a result of our faith in you. I ask for the spirit of understanding so that we better understand the word that we are going to hear now. In the name of Jesus. Okay, now, the the title of my this podcast is engraving in the palms of God engraving in the palms of God now when when you give your life to Christ God engraves you in the palm of his hands and that, that activity is something that cannot be undone Okay, it is something that can never be undone. Something that can never be undone. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 16. See, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Your life is continually before me. Behold, I have have graven thee upon the palms of my hands thy words are continually before me okay let me show you what this literally means let's go to the book of John chapter 10 Jesus reiterated this truth in John chapter 10 (laughs) John 10 verse 27 my sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck, pluck them out of my hand. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, biblically, I believe that we ought to study the Word of God, but more importantly, we have to pay attention to a lot of things. One of the things that we have to pay attention to in the Word of God is that uh, truth is parallel. Which means that any truth you find in the old, old covenant which is not revealed more specifically clearly in the New Testament is half truth. Because the Old Testament is a shadow of the good thing that is to come. Okay? So it appears to be somewhat beautiful in the Old Testament, but even in the, in the New Testament it's better. The Bible says that we have a testament that is established upon better promises. Jesus is saying that, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 28, and I give unto them eternal life, and they they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This is already beautiful. I'm not really getting into the main subjects, but I believe this is already beautiful. No man is able to, will be able to pluck you <laughs> out of the hand of Jesus Christ. No man, no disease, no, no, no spirits, nothing. The truth, the thing is that, are you really planted in Christ? What gives us this plant in our faith? The Bible said that whatsoever is born of God. <clears throat> Overcome the world, the world. First John chapter five, verse four. Whatsoever, whatsoever is born of God, whatever came out of God overcomes this world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. When I talk about the world, the other time I explained in my podcast that when we talk about the world we are not talking about the trees the seas the houses and all of that the world actually refers to a lot of things we have aeon, then we have cosmos cosmos has to do with um, the systems of this world okay aeon is a different thing the forces of this world is what the Bible refers to as world okay so whatsoever is born of God, is able to overcome every everything that is a product of the system of this world, including the cohorts and the product of the enemy, sickness and death alike. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. A lot of times, when people read this verse, they say that oh, why is it so that why is it that so many are dying? God Jesus is not really referring to us as physical God does not so much regard physical death that like like we humans do. When someone dies, God, it doesn't really baffle God. The most important thing is that is the person going to live eternally with God. Okay? Some people say that, oh, where are you going to spend eternity? We don't spend eternity. Eternity is is timeless. We don't spend it. That word spend means that something that has an end. We don't spend eternity. The thing is to be why are you going to live eternally so and i give them eternal life and they shall never pernada shall any man pluck them out of my hand if you are in christ you should need to believe this the bible said that you shall know the truth Sure.
1: so the song says mountains of steel
0: you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free if you know that nothing will be able to pluck you out of the hand of jesus christ Nothing shall pluck you out of the heart. Do you believe this? Jesus said that when he went to the tomb of Lazarus, he said, I must, shall I be able to raise Lazarus back to life. Do you believe this? He said, I'm the resurrection in life. Do you believe this? The miracle that you want for Lazarus is 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 founded upon your faith in what I can do. So right now, no matter what is happening in this world, you need to settle it in the corners of your heart that nothing. Paul said that what shall separate us from the love that God has for us? It, he has settled it in his heart. So he's not afraid. He's able to pick up serpents, travel on the sea, because he knows that unless God permits it, it's never going to happen. John 10, verse 29. <clears throat> My Father, which, gaveth, which gave them me, is greater than all (laughs) glory to god and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand that is what Isaiah chapter 49 was talking about you have been graved upon the palms of god you are afraid of this and you are afraid of that it means this truth has not really settled in your heart if it did (laughs) the psalmist knows this in psalm 27 he said the lord is my light and my salvation Hum, ça l'a Halabaku safari, He said that the, the Lord is my life and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemy, even my foes, came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. He, he, his faith was founded upon the rock of ages. God, first, quote the that rock that followed them was Christ. God is a rock. If you are founded upon Him, you cannot be shaken. Nothing, nothing. You shouldn't believe that no, no, nothing is able to pluck out of the hand of God. No death, no disease, no infirmity. No devil. Hallelujah. Now, I want to let you know something very, very important. Let's go to the book of Daniel. Chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Daniel, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the third year of the reign of Jehia king, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it too. And the Lord gave Jehia king, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, with he which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Now, someone will say that, um, what has this particular verse of scripture got to do with what we are looking at? He said, uh, let me read it again so that you know. Verse 2, And the Lord gave Juhiachim, king of Judah, into his hand. Remember, a lot of time when David is going to battle, he asks the Lord, Lord, Will you deliver them into my hand? So what I want you to know is that unless the Lord delivers you into the hand of the enemy, it's never going to happen. Your business and your kids, your marriage, your health, unless God delivers it into the hand of the enemy, the enemy cannot touch it. Ha! Do you believe this? That is the question. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? It is not necessarily about prayer and fasting. Do you believe? Do you believe this? Do you believe? Do you believe? And the Lord gave the you, king, king of Judah, into his hand. Yes. Carry them into Babylon. Now, John chapter 11, verse 17. On his arrival, this, is about, this was when Jesus, uh, Lazarus was sick and they called, they called Jesus. Verse 17, on his arrival, I'm already from NIV, And on, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was led on two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them. In the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Now, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Verse 24. Martha answered, Oh, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at last day. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. Even though he, he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Notice that Jesus is talking about believe, believe, believe. Faith. Do you believe this? Jesus did not say that have you fasted today? Do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? And anyone that believes in me will never die. Do you believe? Lazarus is dead. Someone will say, what about Lazarus? Lazarus is dead. His faith is not needed in the equation. He's dead. He, dead men don't, you don't. God has not required faith from dead men. So if you have someone who is dead and died dead in your house, his faith is not relevant. Whether he believed in God before he died or not, this is irrelevant. If you believed that he can rise, on the account of your faith, he will rise. If he's not rising, it is not because he didn't believe in God before he died. It is you whose faith is weak. Jesus said, Do you believe this? 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 this? Daniel chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. And the Lord gave Judah king, king of Judah into his hand with part of the verses of the house of his God. Anytime somebody's business crashes, it is because the Lord removed the hedge. The Bible said that he that removes an hedge, a serpent shall bite. There are covenant rules. You cannot keep sinning and offending God you are opening a door for the devil to destroy your things. Listen. If you are walking in the integrity of your heart with God, you are secure. With your, in your faith, you are secure. You are secure. Unless the Lord delivers you, I want you to know today that unless the Lord delivers you into the hand of your enemy, you are safe. Is it coronavirus? Listen, God is your shield. The Lord is my light. My salvation, the Lord is the one who saves me. In Exodus 20, 15 verse says, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord, I give you divine immunity against sickness and disease. Do you believe this? Listen, if God has not delivered you into the hand of the enemy, keep on rejoicing. Fear no devil. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God is with me. He will never deliver me into the house of my enemy. Raka Yes. Unless the Lord, unless the Lord. Let us go to Job, the book of Job, chapter 1. There is a popular story here, Job 1 verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and shewed evil. Two, and they were born into unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yukes of oxen and all that. Okay. Verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to, to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now, the rendering here, sons of God, is talking about angels. Because at that time, no one was born again, so no human being was to be called a son of God. So it was angels the Bible was talking about. You can read it in a different version. Verse 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth <laughs> and from walking up, up and down in it, it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth? perfect and an upright man. One, that feareth God and the evil. <clears throat> Nine. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? it means Job that is fearing you, is it not because of his, because he know you bless him, that's why he's have, he's fear, he has fear for you. Ah. And Satan said, Has thou not, has thou, has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? And about all that he hath on every side thou has blessed the work of his hand and in, his, in his substance and increase in the land. listen, he, the devil knows, God, the devil knows though that, that God is with and those who God is not with. don't, don't deceive yourself. Has thou not made a hedge around him? Yes, wall of fire. I said, I let the Lord deliver you into the hand of the devil. The devil will try his best shots you shall still be standing. It may appear as if he's winning, but he's never winning. Be grounded in your faith in God. Verse 11. The devil said, Put forth thy hand now, and touch all that heareth, and he will curse thee to thy face. 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power, only upon himself. Put not forth thy hand. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. Okay. Now, so... This was God was saying, you know, Satan. I know, you know those people who are with me and those who love me. Uh, uh, is is Job in a in a book of those who who you know that they fear me. Oh, another uh, was say, oh, I know, I know, I know Job fears you, but he fears you because he know you bless him. God said, no, 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 no. If you, like go and touch all that he has, he will still hold his integrity. God gave permission to the devil before he was able to strike Job and destroy that he had. But at the end of the day, when Job retained his integrity, the woman said, It was his wife, said, Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Oh, he said, No, you talk like one of those foolish women. Okay. Now, I want you to know that God. Even if God allows the enemy to touch anything that belongs to you, it is because he believes that you will never disappoint him and you will never lose your faith in him. And after that thing that you are going to lose, there is going to come a reward. Double what you are going to lose. But I'm I'm, I'm assuring you that God is never going to let the enemy touch you. Never. Never. Yes. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 8: He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh an hedge a serpent shall bite. Yeah, there is a hedge around every believer, there is a hedge of protection. It is not by chance that you sleep and you wake up and all your things are safe. There is a hedge around your life. That hedge is the power of God, that hedge is God Himself. The Bible said that he that breaketh an edge, a serpent shall bite the enemy. The psalmist said that before I was afflicted, I went astray. If you live carelessly, you break that hedge. <clears throat> and God is not to blame. Oh, God is not to blame. You cannot leave your children carelessly. And the devil is trying to start blaming God. You, 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 you cannot live anyhow. You break the hedge, the devil will bite you. And I say that. I say this and I say this again. Unless God delivers you, your life, your health, your business, and your family into the hand of the devil, He cannot. He cannot. And God loves you so much. No matter what you are losing, you are not losing. I'm letting you know, put your faith and your trust in God totally. He's the hedge. He's the hedge. God is the hedge of protection around our life. Don't be afraid for nothing. One of the ways that we 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 allow the devil into our lives is when we sin continually. You do one particular thing you know is wrong. For six years you are doing that particular thing. God will withdraw his power in his hand a little. To see if you come back to your senses. Yeah, fear, 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 fear. is another thing, another element. That opens the hedge. That opens up the hedge. Fear. fear, 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 fear. Don't be, don't be afraid for nothing. Don't be afraid for nothing. Yes. If you are
1: afraid
0: for nothing, if you are afraid for nothing, you open up the chance for the devil to smite you. Job said that what I greatly fear came upon me. So don't be afraid. Feed on the word of God. Believe in the truth that you find in, a, in the word of God. God is our shield and our buckler. He's our help in times of trouble. The Bible said that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. When, when you got saved, you already ran into that strong tower and you are saved. And you are safe. Keep your faith in him. Jesus said that no one, none of those who believe in my Father, the devil can never pluck them. No man, no man. Jesus is not lying. If he said, No man means no man, no devil, no man, shall be able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Yes. And that is true. Believe this truth with all your hearts, and you shall be eternally secure. Unless God delivers you into the hand of your enemy that the devil cannot attack you. Believe this truth and you shall be free forever in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. All you have given to me is what I've shared. I pray that our faith will rise and we shall have dominion and conquer forever in Jesus' name, amen.